Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Offside, Charlie Chuckwagon Davies and Hollywood Heath Pierce. And we have a little Gold Cup recap to get into as we talk about the U.S. Men's National Team and our prospects and our future. Greg Berhalter now going to be returning for those next set of games when they come up. B.J. Callahan's time is done and dusted. But I want to give the floor, the platform, the microphone to the one and only morning footy Charlie Davies because he wasn't with us last night for our reaction to our big loss in the semifinals to Panama and penalties. And we have to get that. I assume you're already triggered based on that performance, Chuck. So I don't even know if we need comments from the trust fund or from me and Heath to get you going. So take it away, Chuck. I think to both of your surprise surprises, I am not triggered. I am. I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm not. Yeah. It's, it's like middle what? of the road, Charlie. I, right I, now, I had no, I had, I had no expectations for this team. I, yeah, I, honestly, I think we all did say it was going to be a Panama, but Jamaica final. But um, you know, I, 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 right I, about I, half. I I, 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 I honestly didn't have high expectations for this team, and it was one of those things where I think BJ put the best lineup out. I mean, literally, well, we, we, we got the front three we wanted. We did right. Um. Aaron Long, I think, was the surprise uh, in the in the back line. Only because of J- but that was Hill's injury. That was hurt. injury, right? Yeah. Apparently, but, <laughs> but given that you weren't inspired throughout this tournament, I mean, you look at St. Kitts and Trinidad. Th- 
those are games that, yeah, you're supposed to win by a lot of goals and they did that. Great. You did what you're supposed to do, but you weren't inspired by this group in the gold cup. The first game against Jamaica, Jamaica outplayed the U S and I think the U S were lucky to come away with the point. And then you get your two give giveaways. Then the Canada game there, that's a, that was a weak Canadian side and they pushed the U S all the way to penalty kicks. And then this game, I think Panama were, were the better side. They deserve to win uh, early on. You, you had a, a nice boost from the U S massage team. They probably should have scored and they didn't. And, and then this level, if you don't score, when you get opportunities international, you, you end up paying the price and Panama did enough to, to win this game. And I, I think they deserve to win. Okay. That was a, a nice take there from, from Charlie Davies. I was out. I, I I was waiting for some like this guy. Well, ultimately you no. kind of said it, but you said it nicely that if you were on this Gold Cup team, Charlie kind of thinks you suck. <laughs> that was a, that was. Don't a put words Charlie in hates, my mouth. Charlie hates. Don't, don't, don't you dare put US, words in my mouth. <laughs> the U.S. men's national Charlie team Davies, adjacent. <laughs> yeah. If you are adjacent to the U.S. men's national team. <laughs> Charlie doesn't like you. You does not you've like shown it. nothing. That's that's I'm reading between the lines. That's what I'm hearing. I, I don't I hear all these other words. Make it a t-shirt. Make it a t-shirt like the one I'm wearing yeah. in the form of his life. but can't dribble for nothing, which is about Jesus Ferrer way back. That's a that's a Charlie quote. Shout out to the yeah, family. P-fuck. That was P-fuck. P-fuck. Yeah, yeah. Tercios family for for uh, making these t-shirts for us. OK, so what have we learned from from this? Overall, this particular competition, Heath, I'll come to you. I, I want to say, though, before I do, I think the big winners were the guys that didn't actually play in this Gold Cup. <laughs> <laughs> would, would, like, you, would you like, give any would you give any positives in terms of the whole whole tournament to any of these guys? Did they go up in their stock? Did any player in particular stock rise playing in the Gold Cup? Dewan Jones, rise. that's it. But like, I thought Jesus Ferreira's stock, he stayed in the picture, but his stock didn't like rise versus like elevating above. Like, I don't think that uh, I I still have him three in my depth chart, but I don't have him like anywhere, like knocking on anything, but I think he kept himself alive. But Dewan Jones, I thought uh, his stock rose. I still think he's probably three as, as a left back. um, Just because I think you have coverage that, that you could go with above him. But I was, Who's number one. two? We have Scally oh, I would say like Dest or Scally, yeah. Um, like he wouldn't be like a true. I don't think he's his stock has risen to being like okay, we've got our number two now. I think he's mm-hmm. like in a in a bind. You can have him in the squad, and you'd probably not go with him right away. But he's one that right. like at no point did I think he was out competed or outmatched or looked uncomfortable or didn't look up for the task or wasn't willing to scrap or just find a way overall to be impactful on a game, right? Um, even in a game where he's not his best, he, he had the, he had the cross in, you know, and, and like those types of things I think are at least signal to me, this is a player that can play at the international stage. Now, whether he's ready to really step in, I don't know, but his stock rose for me. He's the, he's the one and Matt Turner, obviously. Yeah. Matt Turner, I would say from a, from a leadership perspective, uh, I, they, we needed a leader on the field. We talked about it yesterday, Chuck, where I didn't really see any leadership from the guys that were field players. Goalkeeper-wise, I thought he was excellent. I, I, I appreciate his demeanor off the field, taking responsibility for the goal against Panama, which he shouldn't have. After watching that again, I don't know what the hell Matt Miazga was doing there, trying to step when he didn't need to step. That would have solved pretty much all the problems if he just would have dropped off. But but 
DeAndre Yedlin obviously holding a little bit deeper than than Miles. Just just a comedy of errors in that whole sequence for that back line. And, and Matt Turner's the guy that tries to take responsibility for it afterwards. I'm like, nah, dude, that's really nice of you to do, and I appreciate that from a leadership perspective. I agree with you, Dewan Jones. Uh, I I saw enough there, and I want to see him some more. And I think that he needs some other opportunities. Uh, there's something about Bustio that I like. There are a couple moments there. I mean, again, when I look at him and I look at some others, Chuck, I, I feel about it's more moments. I, I see something that, okay, okay, what does that turn into? Can he get more time with his club team that can turn into something that's more consistent with those moments? So Bustio mm. would be in there. Sands would be the same. I thought he broke up a lot of plays. And, and uh, I think going to Scotland mm. put a little edge in his game that maybe he didn't have before. I'd still mm. like to see him play forward and make more line breaking passes or, or switch mm-hmm. the point of attack a little bit more. Yeah. Charlie's saying mm, like he's eating a, like an apple pie. No, 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 it's fine. Right I, I, but again, there's, there were moments there where, okay, we're still looking for back. I was waiting for you to pick Adams. up on that. Heath. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. And then, and then, uh, I, Kate Cal, Jalen Neal. I think I like the promise there, but again, they're not ready yet. And I think mm-hmm. yet's the key word for, for them. Everybody else, Mihalovic, I think, yeah, okay, we see some things, but he didn't take over the game. I wanted to see somebody take over a game. Uh, Ferreira, I thought, had some tidy finishes, but again, can he do that in, in bigger moments against bigger teams? I mean, that's ultimately what we're looking for, not any of our number nines. Uh, obviously, a tidy finish against uh, Panama here, but but uh, then missed his penalty, right? You Like, looking for that guy to to continue to be consistent in big moments, and and uh, you know, that that's, I don't know. I don't know who else you saw I thought Miles Robinson probably took a step back, which was a little bit disappointing. Um, but I thought he was good against Mexico, right? In the Nations League semi. So it's just kind of hard to know. Yeah. I think you had your sporting Kansas City glasses on when you were talking about Bruce. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe, maybe. Yeah. And, and Sands, I, I think. Zendaya took a step back too. A, a couple. Uh, I, think, I think Sands, don't get me started now. I think Sands is a, a player that takes. I think too long with his decision-making and he's not quick enough in those moments where when you need him to play to cover ground as a six, I don't think he has the legs to do that against bigger opponents against St. Kitts and Trinidad and, and, and Jamaica in the midfield and sure. Canada. Yeah, well, sure. All has to be taken into yeah. consideration who are playing. Uh, I get it. But, but yeah, Cade Cowell, I think he, he showed what he's lacking in terms of that final product in tight spaces. And when you don't have space, being able to make those decisions, quick decisions, that's where he really needs to develop. He's still super raw. You have, you have enough there to say, Oh, I I can see the potential, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he's got to take those steps in the Olympics. I see some, some comments in the YouTube section. Olympics is definitely where you want to see him continue to evolve and grow. Okay. All right. So let's then move over to a question that uh, was posed to us by our producers. Like how, how should the U S men's national team approach future gold cups? The next one will be in 25, which I actually think will be an important one. Of course, the nation's league, I don't even know nation's league every year. I don't even know what the hell's going on with the nation's league, but, but the clearly is more importance on the nation's league and at least in how we're approaching it than, than with gold cups. I think there's tremendous value in gold cups, but when you think about the summer before the world cup that we're hosting, you want a tournament. We need a tournament and we probably need to roll out our, our a team for that. So I, Mm -hmm. I would expect that if we had nations league and gold cup back to back, we would roll 
the A roster for both, or yes. maybe a little bit of a mix of A B in, in that the gold. No, team. you you go. I think you go with the best so all A all best the time. Team. And, yeah. and the Confederations Cup could come back in in, in a new edition for twenty twenty six. But you definitely want after Copa America next summer, you want you get you know that's going to be obviously a reality check to see where we really are. And I think for Greg Berhalter, where where he's evolved with this team, and then twenty twenty five, it's another tournament that you need to take advantage of because World Cup qualifying is non-existent for the U.S. Mm-hmm. You you need to push these guys in that tournament vibe, get get the familiarity. I'm sure there'll be a couple of new faces in the group. But ultimately, I hope we see Yunus Musa take a massive step forward. Christian Pulisic and at AC Milan taking a massive step forward. Uh, Balogun now being in this group. Hopefully, he makes the right choice with his decision of it for his next club. Timothy Weah as a right wing back with Juve. There's all these, you know, Weston McKinney could be a new club. Tyler Adams. All of these players, I hope they continue to take steps forward. And then ultimately, this, this national team just becomes an absolute beast for 2026. Yeah, I saw a comment there, Heath, that said, I like having tournaments where our BC team can play because, and, and I'll further it, that's what they said, because we get to evaluate them in pressure, high-pressure situations and mm-hmm. will they sink or swim? And we saw a lot of guys either sink or kind of just stay the same. Um, dog, doggy paddle their way. They weren't taking Michael Phelps-like strokes to, to get into the A-team in this particular tournament. But you asked us to do some homework yesterday. Uh, about kind of our top two or top three in every position. And I actually did the homework, Keith. I, I would listen you? to you, and I did my homework, and I got a little tripped up in midfield. This, because this now is, with, with, with this is why, by the way, I, this is 10. why you and I never got – you and I, I – I didn't like you as a player because you were <laughs> you were a nerd, dude. Like, Chuck and I knew there was homework. We didn't do homework. Chuck, we didn't do homework. Jimmy, Jimmy didn't Jimmy, – Jimmy got off and, and told his wife, hey, it's going to be a late one for me. I got, I got homework, and I got I got to – I'm going to show up early. I'm going to sit in the front row and I'm going to be the first one to present my answers. But anyways, Jimmy, you're caught up. So you're caught up in this. And then I got stuck because I thought we played well and BJ rightfully put a 10 or what we wanted to see a 10 with uh, Gio Reyna. I almost said Claudia Reyna, Gio Reyna in that space. And now when I try to put this depth chart of our, of our midfield three together, I'm like, ah, we got a lot of, I don't know who to put where. And, and, you know, so it was yeah. interesting. It was a nice exercise, to be honest. It is usually Jimmy and, and Spectre doing homework <laughs> Spectre. together. Spectre, Jimmy, maybe Bornstein was in that group. <laughs> no, yeah. Johnny B, no Marcus, chance. Johnny Marcus B Hahnemann. Definitely. Yeah. Johnny B acted like he was doing it just so he could make sure Bob thought he was doing it. That's the only yeah. thing Johnny B was doing. Yeah, Love that. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> Johnny B was a raver in college, for the record. Like, that was like his favorite and thing to do in college. Yeah, post-college. <laughs> uh, now he's a scratch golfer for the last 10 years and just <laughs> getting getting sponsored by a team to be a scratch golfer. Um, uh, Michael Bradley. You, you did it with Michael Bradley as well. Michael you guys Bradley was. Because you had two different ways of studying, <laughs> <Yeah>. for sure. <laughs> Oh man, you're trying to team yeah. me up for that. I'm not gonna I'm not taking that's bait. That's bait for me. Uh so so <laughs> I, I I wanted to like what what what's your depth chart? Let's go, let's go. Uh Chuck, I'm gonna come to you. We'll let Mr. Homework Boy, who gave homework but didn't do it himself, hmm. have a minute here. Like He's, who who's your front hmm. who's your middle three? <laughs> who do you start? Like the next game, it's a world cup. It's a world cup. Oh. Who do you start right now? Like it's it's you have you have I mean we saw Reyna McKinney and Musa in the Nations League and we were mm-hmm. good we were on the front mm-hmm. foot 
Obviously, the addition of Balogun is going to change. It's essentially McKenney or Adams. Which one are you starting? You, so Moose is an automatic starter for you, is what you're saying? For me, absolutely. Uh, One thousand percent, Moose is on the he's on just the field. Dynamic. I don't think MMA is the answer, but I'm I I don't like no. It's, Ray, it's really, for me, Reina's starting as a yeah. ten. Okay, we're so, we're evolving, we're moving Musa, forward. Reina's starting. Okay, Reina's the ten. I I like Moose over McKinney as well, but that that feels that it, it be given what McKinney has done, mm -hmm. and, and I do a appreciate what he brings to the team because it's not just the tactical the technical it's also this this heart he's got this heart when he put where's the u.s jersey in particular where that dude is up for it and and emotionally i think he's a leader for us um can that work against us at times i'm sure it can but i, I still think it's a bigger strength than it is a weakness for the group overall and for him in particular that musa doesn't have like he doesn't have that intangible in, in the same way so so but i i, I kind of like musa over musa. mckinney so you Musa's got Adams, Musa, year, and Reyna. Musa's 20 years old. Musa has and, to play Jimmy. And when, I get and it. I'm with you. I, connects I have him starting. I, I will say this. I need Musa and, and Reyna are still the two players that I think have the most upside in our – and Balogun now – have the most upside of anybody in our player pool. And maybe I'm not thinking correctly right are now. You, are you forgetting about Christian? Because he's still only 20. Oh, no. But I think I think Musa has more Four? potential upside than 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 I think I think um, than I, I I think that Pulisic has upside. But I think Musa, when I watch him play, and this is my own personal eyes watching him play, he is a player that we've never had before in terms of his technique, his ability on the ball, his ability to break away with speed, his ability to change the game individually. Right? When I think about moments where our team gets stifled by other teams. Do we have a player that can change the dynamic of a game in tight areas, solve problems on their own? To me, I think he still has the most upside. I mean, with Reyna as well. I don't want to rule out Pulisic, but when I think about literally where they are now as kids to where they could be, th there is like star, star potential uh, with them. I got Musa on the field. Uh, and unfortunately, that means McKinney out because I want a, I want a, a, a six in there. Well, um, and there's Reyna. a good yeah, question, though. Who's the Pulisic better sub? Who's the Pulisic, better sub, though? Pulisic's only 24. Uh, better sub. You, you also take into consideration who you're playing against. Are you going to have the ball versus are you going to be chasing the game? Or is this a team yeah, that course, plays that's a lot of set pieces, long balls? Are you, are you Do you need aerial challenges and duels? Because if the ball's on the ground, then Musa, it's, it's not even a question. If, if the ball is going to be in the air, if the opponent likes to whip in balls, a lot of crosses, set pieces, then McKinney is such a dangerous player, both important in, in defending set pieces, but attacking set pieces in the air. Incredible when it comes to being able to build um, uh, opportunities from, from jumping in the air and just absolutely dominating his okay. marker. But let me ask you uh, this, Chuck. This five yeah. games, five games in this Gold Cup. Would you have rather started Musa or McKinney would have been a bigger difference maker in this gold cup? Oh, geez. In this gold cup. Good question. We played, this, we, I mean, we played uh, against, uh, we played against the high balls. We played against the, the, yeah. the deep blocks. We played against open field. In in this gold cup, I would say Musa. Yeah, same. Because the U.S. had, had, should have possession against all of these opponents. And in some cases, you look at this midfield of Mihailovic, Busio and Sands, none of them have the ability to dribble opponents and, and break out out of the midfield on the dribble to create space and then draw defenders out of position, beat them on the dribble as well to create 
for for other players. None of them have that well, skill. Can, well, can I say though that Busio tried to do that a couple times? What pissed me off about it was that he would actually do it. It led to uh, listen. He tried to do it. I'm not saying he successfully connected. I, I will. Yeah, I'll, I, I, I'll, I'll I, tried, I tried to I tried, do it. I tried, I tried to be goalie and I tried to be a center yeah, back. Yeah, but too. Chuck, Chuck, you got to say at least Busio was too cynical trying right to now. go like like uh, uh, Mihailovic was was literally playing backwards for two games straight and is an attacking player but found the easy option. At least Busio, who lost it most of the time, was at least trying to turn and go I forward. know, but he can't do that. He okay. doesn't have that ability to do what Musa Listen, does. I get that. Yeah, I, I agree. agree with you. I'm not I'm not comparing uh, uh, Musa to yeah. Busio. Busio is okay. a poor, poor, poor man to Musa. What I'm saying is okay. that Busio tried to do it, and what pissed me off about this, or anybody that's coaching, or if you're a player, if you take that space and then play the two-yard safe pass right over to your right, like you've just negated all your advantage. And that really pissed me off. And I saw Busio do that consistently. And I think that Musa does a much better job, to your point, Chuck, of either continuing to drive and, and beating that first defender, which makes it even more difficult for the opponent, or actually making a forward pass that is also going to be pretty detrimental to the to the opponent. And I didn't see Busio do that enough. But I just wanted to make that compare and contrast because we're coming off the gold cap. Musa has Musa is, is gotten a lot better at that. We still want to see more of a complete product from him in the final third, but I think he's getting there. Uh, I'll also add this. He he's added a different dimension to his game that none of us knew he could do as, as far as being a lone six. He did that against Canada and Mexico and bossed it. So mm -hmm. he showed the how how dynamic he is in midfield. He can be defensive and 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 lock it down if he needs to be to protect the back four, or he can be an eight. And I think he has the potential to be a 10 and be a little bit more creative. And, and obviously that's the part of his game that really needs to develop shooting from outside. He's even talked about it. I got to be a better finisher. I got to be better with playing one twos and linking up with the attacking trio, but he has that potential. Wow. So the big question really is, is Musa the better six than Tyler Adams? Don't answer no. that right now. We no, got our, no. we got to take our first and only, or uh, I guess our first break of in soccer. Not, a, not as, only. We'll not have a little bit later. No, well, there's a lot to get into. I'm trying to tease into the next break. Saved by the, the commercial, commercial break. Chuck. Stop, stop answering stop, the stop questions. Stop triggering me then. All right. All right. We're going to take <laughs> our first break. With we trust. When we come back, we'll answer that question. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the futures of Greg Berhalter and BJ Callahan. So don't go anywhere. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Some Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Pierce and Charlie Davies. And a question that I was trying to tease into the break, but Chuck answered it. Who's the better six, Tyler Adams and Eunice Musa? Are we in a position, boys, where if it was based on the opponent's we could find ourselves maybe electing to go with the Eunice Musa at the six, or is Tyler Adams just a uh, bedrock? I think he's the captain. I think you got to have him on the field, but 
is there a conversation to be had that that could be a possibility in the future, given what we've seen with you, and his, de- his continued development as a player? Heath, I'm coming to you first. I already heard from Chuck. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, it could be uh, when the game gives it, but I, I would still, even if I lined him up next to Tyler Adams, he's going to come back and get the ball in certain spots. But I don't think, I don't think every place is Tyler Adams. I think Tyler Adams has a lot of that um, kind of no frills work that we need in that spot. And he and he and he's he's serviceable enough that he can connect at least the first pass. And the more that you can get a a, a true attacking minded player like a Gio Reyna and a Musa that are have some interconnectivity and are comfortable in pockets and are comfortable with the game to their back and things like that, I think the better. But I I don't know if I don't know if we get you might get the the effort from from Musa, but I I think uh, Tyler Adams he's easy to forget because he's he's injured right now and we haven't seen him for a bit um, and so you can dream bigger dreams but uh, I still think he's the guy that that needs to stay in there and allow a little bit more of that freedom uh, to Musa to be an attacking minded midfielder uh, next to a, a, a Gio Reyna. I'm getting triggered. Uh, I have to. <laughs> I, 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 I have to. I have, I have to admit. There you go. The the comment section here of goal dangerous. Are you are you out of your mind? You can't. <laughs> Musa's not goal dangerous. Adams isn't goal da- dangerous, so they can't play. What are we? Are you serious? <laughs> we got him, everybody. Twenty two minutes in, we got him. Oh my gosh! That's why you have a Gio Reyna. That's why you have a Christian Pulisic and a Balogun. <laughs> they don't need to be goal dangerous. You don't need all eleven players to be goal dangerous. You need players that have p- specific roles in the team. But don't. You don't need to rely on Musa to score goals or or Adams or McKinney. I, I really like how Weston McKinney has developed within this team, though. The past couple of performance with the U.S. Men national team, playing the smart passes, going forward, angle diagonals, uh, getting those late runs into the box, not trying to do too much. My man, West, Weston is really growing and developing into the player that we want him to be. And you see him taking positive steps, even though at Leeds United, it didn't work out. And that, that I think comes down to the style of play that Leeds had. It, it was, you know, it's, it's ugly. I, I think that whole philosophy of the Red Bull philosophy of like, Oh, we're just gagging pressing and it's throw the kitchen sink at the opponent. We'll figure it out. Oh, just whoa, press. Whoa, whoa. Like, that's played out to me. Oh, Jesse Marsh just took a stray from Charlie. <laughs> oh, no, you're throwing that at him. I'm saying that's what I'm that's hearing. That's out. what I'm hearing. I'm you got you got to you got to evolve uh, off of that. Just high press. There's got to be a, an element to it of <laughs> let's have some some dynamic play and something that's attractive and you keep the ball instead of chasing the game the whole time, running at 100 miles per hour. So uh, th- this is. This is a good problem to have. Of course, Eunice, we have we have Eunice, Musa, Tyler Adams, McKinney, and Gio Reyna. Those are the four midfielders who you have an argument for all four to be on the pitch, all four to be on the same pitch at the same time, and then figuring out which of the of the three is is the right combination. We saw in this Nations League semifinal final that that trio without Tyler Adams works, but that's against Canada and that's against Mexico. That's not against Argentina or Brazil or France, uh, Spain, those higher quality teams that it'll be interesting to see when, when you're playing against teams like that, how, how does it work? So, so, so when does Noel Buck push into this midfield? <laughs> 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 I just want to trigger Charlie some more. 
<laughs> Charlie doesn't he, believe in the no. year, so it's all no. good. Yeah, he believes in Noah Buck. He'll give Noah Buck a, a run. Yeah, He'll yeah. give Dwan Jones a oh, run. But as soon as they go somewhere else, you said Noah Buck, Kramaski, Ruiz. Okay, let me ask you this. You're throwing in Caden Sullivan. I love Diego Luna. Yeah, Kevin Sullivan I should have definitely made this squad. I watched him play <laughs> juggling on the beach. He's good. Dude, uh, are you, Chuck, are you not, are you telling me though with this group that we put out in hindsight? Yep. I'll give you even hindsight now that we could have rolled out some eighteen-year-olds into this one and gotten some, gotten at least a different look of what the future looks like. Or is that just the Olympics for you and and this is not the right place for it? In hindsight, over who? Like just like Kermaski a number of over. Over Busio or Mihailovic? Josh Winder cool? over Aaron Long? I know he's got Benfica stuff and whatever, but... Yeah. You know? Well, I mean... Yeah, we were talking mostly the midfield. Midfield, C- sorry. Center back, yeah, have have what you want. Uh, but in the midfield, I think those... Trusty? Those sorry. players are, are not ready yet. Mm-hmm. The players, okay. th- those younger players who are playing. But wouldn't this experience <clears throat> been more beneficial to them than seeing maybe some of the other guys? I think Noel Buck... Of the, the young players, though. Of course, of course, he's top of the list. Of course, he's top of the list. He's the one. He's the one, huh? He, he, he's performed the best out of that group. Yeah, no but as he plays with Lionel Messi, every single day his environment's going to be, you know, just like, well, I'm, I'm just using the Chris Richards argument, you know, like he training next to Messi every day is better than any player playing in well, any other I, MLS team. Well, if, if, if Chris Richards, if, if that method seems to work because he came back and he's a different player in the nation's league. He was, he was stepping in to every challenge. He was playing out of the back, splitting the lines. And this is a player who didn't play that much, but yet his training methods and philosophy and the players he's playing with has changed. And that's elevated his game to a whole new level. So yeah. it does work for certain players. Yeah, but it does, it's not sustainable. That's not like, you're not going to, he's not going to do 10 years at crystal palace as a starter. No, it's for not, it's, team, it's not sustainable. It's not yeah. sustainable, but for, for the time being, it's done, done the trick. Yeah. All right. So we, we dove into the players, did a little bit of the homework stuff. We can touch upon that later. Let's talk about the coaching staff and talk about the interim to the interim to the interim. BJ Callahan. He's come out and stated after they got to fire BJ. They got to fire BJ after that performance. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you lose the Panama on the semis. <laughs> the, I, I think that has to be taken into consideration, but uh, obviously did a hell of a job with the nation's league yeah. and didn't actually lose a game over 90 minutes during his tenure. He's got four wins and three draws ultimately lost in penalties. There could be some room for some criticism, of course, for some of the lineup selections uh, over the last two games in particular, and maybe the lack of motivation and energy from the guys, especially when there's a lot of prep going into that quarterfinal game against Canada. But he wants to stay. If Greg wants him, I assume there might be some interest from other clubs, MLS in particular, that might want him to fulfill a role as a head coach. Uh, Chuck, me and Heath have talked about this a little bit, but uh, let's get your thoughts on on BJ's future. And do you think he'll stay with the the Berhalter coaching staff? I, I see him staying with the coaching ha- staff until the end of the MLS season, and then I'm sure they'll they'll have some interviews lined up for him because I think he he really showed well in this limited role as a head coach. He's shown the ability to inspire the, the the young guys, get them to play a certain style, give them that freedom. Everyone talks highly of BJ and just the, the way that he approaches players, have conversations with them. And everyone knows how he's the brains behind breaking down the, the, the tactics. That's what he does. So I think from that standpoint, he will get interviews. He's, he's a, he's a good guy. I, I got, I got a chance to work with him and I have nothing but positive things to say. 
just the experience of, of being a head coach. It's not vast. It has, it's not, he had a, a, a little so, blip. Sometimes right? guys yeah. are better at number two than being number one, right? Mm -hmm. This is just a different set of asks and responsibilities and pressure, I suppose. I mean, you're still on the hook, right? If the number one fire guy gets fired, usually number two goes with him. Not always, but, but sometimes, uh, Heath, any, any chiming in on this? I, I wonder what Greg's going to do. Cause obviously BJ came in and kind of put his stamp on things in some ways. And I think the biggest stamp was putting geo at the number 10 spot and adding that one more attacking player to really unlock a few things. And obviously the addition of Balogun was going to change how he looked anyway, but, um, yeah, yeah but I, 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 I still think that like, we struggled to get our strikers involved as much as we should and adding, changing that element, whether it came from him, came from somebody else, he made the decision. He took the risk in a big game that would or could have had an impact on him. Yes, you're the interim manager, but there's still pressure. You still have to hold the standard. And he made a change that we haven't seen that we asked for for over a year now, right? We talked about Pulisic at the 10. We talked about Gio Reyna at the 10. And granted, there's a lot of injuries through both of them through all that time. And we very rarely through qualifying had the team that we hoped for on the field, right? We had who we had, but him doing that, I think was a dynamic change and a hopeful one for us to say, Hey, if we want to be, this good can we work. Be. Yeah. Anthony, Anthony Hudson did it before BJ just to make that. Yeah. Clear. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. this was the, with the a team though. Yeah. Right. This is, I'm curious because with Tyler Adams, not being available, your hand, not so your hand was forced, but it gave you the opportunity to do it. Right now, when you have a healthy squad, there is a bit of a conundrum, which is what we've been just been talking about. Who starts in your midfield when Tyler? Yeah, Adams but healthy? we we still gave Kellen take Costa that, you, a run of games. That. We've okay, given a lot okay. of we 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 have defaulted to structure over freedom, and I think that one little change it's not the solution for every game. We know that, right? We're not going to run out that way against the top in the world and think that we can do that. Maybe there is some fluidity where you can pivot a Musa into a deeper spot or a higher spot when he's on the field and actually have that as established roles. But I do think that at least gave us a little bit of credibility and validity to this idea of like, if we want to dictate games, if we are going to play against a low block, we need more players higher up the field that can combine and take risks in the right spots on the field that can open up games. Of course, it's different now with Balogun. But it was. It, I thought. I thought we could have had the opportunity to do this with a Ricardo Pepe before, who obviously didn't make the World Cup squad. And so I, I think this is a natural evolution. But somebody needed to take a risk in a moment where we get rewarded because we defaulted back at times earlier on. When I think about the run up to the World Cup of just playing very tournament like and structured without ever having that just extra five or ten percent of like let's uh, let's dictate a little bit offensively. Well, I will add this though. In terms of those fringe players that no, no longer need to be there anymore, you you brought them in for the harmony of the group for in the World Cup. A lot of players that we've seen in this last cycle that weren't ever really going to play, but were part of it. Even and people are like, "Why are you bringing those players? Or they're not adding anything." You don't need to see those players anymore because you've already developed the culture. So the play speaks for itself. The the players who are the leaders have already kind of emerged. So now in terms of, oh, we only bring it in harmony, that, that's out. You're bringing in players who you see a future with, players who are going to push boundaries and try and push the, the, the starters for minutes. Those are the players that you're bringing in from, from now on. You're not bringing in some of the older veterans who, who have had some you know here and there moments with the national team. Those guys are done. Now it's about bringing in younger players who are playing in Europe or the younger players who are excelling, 
who maybe haven't had a chance to get in with the national team or haven't had an opportunity under Greg, now is your time to bring them into the fold and go in a different direction because you have your core group no longer needed for the harmony. I don't need the harmony guys, the guys who are good and are, aren't going to fight if they're not playing or, or be angry. It's enough of that. Now it's like, let's get the fresh blood in for 2026. Let's get in some of those players who have shown some quality and, and, and need that first team um, experience. Well, let's talk about the culture and harmony then, because Greg Berhalter is now going to take over his second world cup cycle, the next window of games. And you know how much Jimmy hates that. We know how much Jimmy it's not is. That I, it's, it's not, I just think it's an incredible challenge to continue to motivate this group when they know what's coming. I think there was a bump with BJ because these guys, and, and I think this could be irrespective of the coach, are just hungry to prove that they are good. That's one. And they're, they, they love playing. Look, look, clearly looks like they love playing together, and that's awesome. Mm. But there is that moment where uh, they kind of like, uh, we know what's coming now. And to your point, Heath, we're getting, we're getting, maybe we now with Greg back, we're getting back to that structure, more structure. Can I, less can freedom. I, can I add one spin to that though? Yes. I, this team has added Balogun and you might add one or two more in the next couple of years, right? That actually make it feel like a fresh approach to like, oh, we're not just going out hoping to win games. Like we're actually better than we were six months ago. We are like mm -hmm. way better, right? We're adding pieces that could at least keep that. You know what it's like when you're on a stale team and it's like nothing's different. Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, yeah, now with this guy who just keeps beating us with this information when we know it's not going to change, like adding pieces that actually allow that to change and grow. Maybe that's that's I, I don't know. I'm trying to find a fresh spin on this, Jimmy, but like, no, you but know, but um, but also Greg keep, comes in. Keep growing stuff at the wall. It'll yeah, stick. Well, <laughs> stick. Greg, Greg, Greg comes in. It's not like Bob when Bob took over, like he just. Picked up, won the group for the first time ever in, in, in men's soccer history. You know, uh, you could see there's a lot of promise and, and obviously the Confederations Cup and everything to build off of that build that Bob had in his first cycle. It didn't work in the second cycle. Bruce completed both He came both in on his interim too, though, by the way. came on his he interim. He did. Bruce had two cycles and and we couldn't get out of the group stages uh, in, in his second cycle. And and uh, Who's fa Whose fault is that? That's not on him. It's not on him. But... But the part of it is, it's not all on him, I should say. But whose fault is uh, it? Jimmy. Jimmy's well, I, whose I, fault? It was mine, apparently, because I was playing in 2006. Okay, yeah. fine. I'll take yeah, it, Chuck. Just say, just say oh, for example, Jimmy, say a name like Conrad or whatever. Like, just yeah. pick a name. You know what I mean? Like, fine, if we were going to blame somebody. I'll blame the referee in the you, God again. The worst penalty yeah. of all time. But uh, but Now we're blaming the refs because there's no yeah, bar. Now yeah, it's, uh, of that course. was the refs' fault, yeah. you know? I, I just just gives me pause because this is going to just be harder for Greg. He, he comes in. I say this with Bob and Bruce because Greg comes in with something different. There's a, there's an emotional issue with what happened with the Reina family, obviously leaving off a couple players with Ricardo Pepe in particular. It just, just he's got some bridges to mend, and I think they'll work through it. They all got to be professional about it. And, and you have about to, it. It's, it's nothing's changing, but uh, yeah, but I, I, there's just, it comes, it just feels a little bit different. So there's just a lot of work for him to do. And this is going to be his biggest challenge as a coach because to continue to motivate a group of guys, when you do it the first time around, it feels fresh and it feels new as we're discussing. But that second time around can grow stale very quickly. Maybe with the additions of Balogun, that's that's a good. And I don't know who else is on the horizon that can make that 
that difference. But ultimately, it's also going to be on the players to, to approach it with the right mindset as well. So there's a lot that goes into this, and I just think it's going to be a big challenge. And we have the additional pressure of everybody wants us and expects us to play well in this 2026 World Cup. And even though we're hey. adding 16 teams to 48, it's just not going to be that goddamn easy. That's all I'm saying. Hey, shout out to Andrew Matson. You guys are great. Glad to have the trio together. Hey, sp speak the Thank truth. You. Thank you. The, the trust should, fund is you speaking. Should, the trust fund you should is speaking. See what the, you should see what they say when you're not here, though, Chuck. Nobody ever says like, <laughs> you know I mean? like Yeah, it's crazy because I'm, I'm in the comment section, too. Uh, I have my burner account, and I'm coming in there I love with that. fire. Come in hot. I, I always oh, wonder. I always so wondered you, who that person was when you weren't here. That's going like, "Where's Chuck? He makes the show great." You know. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I know who S twenty seven is. You know, it's with the egg, with, with the uh, <laughs> with the egg profile picture. You know, unbelievable, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unbelievable. All right, we're gonna take our second to last break. I'm of spicy pineapple. We trust. <laughs> and when we come back, we are going to talk about some transfer news, including Mr. Christian Pulisic, who made his move to Milan official so do not go anywhere hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Pierce and Charlie Davies. And we are excited that our very own Christian Pulisic has gotten out of that dumpster fire of a situation in Chelsea. Yeah. To go to a club that seems like they want him. Stefano Pioli, the manager of AC Milan, making moves to get him. They got Ruben Loft, uh, his butt cheek, as I like to call him, as well. And uh, with the sale of Sandro Tonali to my Newcastle, they've got some money to spend. And apparently they're looking at Fuller and Balogun as well. Though Balogun has put uh, Arsenal player back in his bio on Instagram, I think. So I don't know what to read into with regard to that. He had taken it off. So we'll see. We'll get more information on that uh, as the days go by. But. This is a big move. Chuck Pulisic to Milan. Mm. Now it's done and dusted. A nice fresh start for him. As you mentioned, 24. He's accomplished so much so at a, such a young age and probably our most accomplished player uh, ever on the men's side of the game if he continues on his current trajectory. The big thing for me with Christian is he's got to stay healthy. We, we've all been hoping and asking for a change of scenery for Christian Pulisic because I think the writing was on the wall at Chelsea. Even when he was playing well, 
it felt like the manager always found a reason to take him off if he wasn't healthy, if, if he was uh, healthy. And then those are the times where he was unhealthy that played himself off, off the pitch. But Milan, this is a, a, a talented group. Leal just signed a, a, a new contract with them. So, you know, you have another winger who's just super dynamic, arguably one of the most uh, dynamic wingers in the world. And then, Olivier Giroud's up top. They they could use another uh, striker for for support in in pushing Giroud's minutes. But I I like this group. They have stability. He's playing it for one of the top teams in Syria, and they're gonna they're going to look to use him to as as a a player to get them results. Like he's gonna be depended on. This isn't a a, a marketing buy or a marketing ploy. Sure, he's sponsored by Puma and Milan are Puma. But this is more of a, we see you being a main figure within this group. And and he, now he's just got to take this opportunity and run. Yeah, I'm curious to see where they put him. If it's going to be out wide, if it's going to be central. Either way, to your point, Chuck, I hope that he just gets valuable minutes and is leaned on in a significant way. I think he needs that. He clearly mm-hmm. shows that he's ready for that responsibility when he wears the red, white, and blue. Uh, and, and I think he continues to grow as a leader and as someone that wants to take on more and more accountability. Uh, Heath, how are you feeling about everything? I think it's great. Uh, you know, and whether they end up with a, um, a uh, Musa or they end up with a um, Balogun on Balogun um, up top, <laughs> like what's that guy? What's that striker that's going to make us better? Uh, what Get us to the semifinal? <laughs> that scored yeah. a bunch of goals. No, I think, I think I, I, I'm, I'm excited about it again because it doesn't Chelsea felt like uh, a move during a time period where we probably all questioned it, but they spent a lot of money because they're, well, I don't think it was marketing, but I thought they thought that they could get the full package out of him. He's still at an age where he's got a ton of upside, a fresh new start. And we obviously have seen him when he is at his best. He's unbelievable. And now it's whether or not he can take this window to like start to complete his game in a lot of ways. And then he's just got to ultimately prove it in final production, right? We, we saw, what he did at Dortmund in the early days. We saw what he could do during healthy runs at Chelsea in terms of scoring big goals. I still think he needs to get into that sort of double-double uh, category. Um, you know, and and I think it'd be a good place for him. And the fact that they've, they're they spending money and and negotiated well for him, hopefully that means it's a fresh start on the field for him and, and a new mindset uh, that he goes into it and, and makes the most of it because we know oh, we can do. Um, 100%. So... Yeah. S27, of course, we got you. He- heavily covered Christian Pulisic uh, on, on CBS. And yes, Ted, Paramount Plus is a big winner here. Golazo Network, Serie Champions League. A team away uh, at Juve, you know? Are you are you kidding me? It's great. This, yep. this is, this is great. what it's all about. It's great. Growing the all game. Right. All right, so let's, uh, let's talk about another player that was at AC Milan, and now he's back at his... Uh, the club that loaned him out at Barcelona, that's Serginho Dest, who mm. apparently everybody was on the move. They wanted to, to definitely ship him out. And now they might have to keep him because of financial restrictions, Barcelona. So Xavi is giving Serginho Dest an opportunity to prove himself in preseason because right now they don't really have a right back. Jules Koundé, who is usually a center back, but will play outside back or right back for the French national team as well. He doesn't but, like to play right back. He either. doesn't like to play it. Already come out and said he doesn't like playing it, but can do it. But Serginho Dest has some room there to potentially grow. From what I understand, there's a report 
that came out in some of the Barcelona part publication, fan publications, that Xavi's just not a fan, or the Barcelona coach staff not a fan of Sergino Dest's lack of tactical understanding in terms of how they want to play. They want to move him because he's on pretty big wages, but they're not getting any biters with regard to that. So it, don't so make it, tactics, make it he's, Dutch, he's Dutch raised. They are tactical. That's you know what, what I mean? said. That's what I think. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, this is an interesting situation. Can can he figure it out? And if he can't, where does he go? We know what we like about him. We know how he fits into our system, but it seems like he's struggling to find those minutes. Ronald Koeman, though, who brought him to Barcelona, really, really rated Sergio Des, but Xavi clearly does not. So even if he stays with Barcelona, it just doesn't feel like he's won over Xavi completely, and I don't think that's a great situation. I'll, I'll throw it to our resident outside back, Heath Pierce, here on notes. It's hard, but, you know, like I said, we've all seen the unbelievable, magical things that he can do, and we've also seen his ability to be ineffective and how big of a hole that can be, right? That's the polarization of a attacking first fullback that's probably better as a wingback, that's probably better as a midfielder, but we haven't seen him have the contribution to be a winger, right? He's kind of got that kind of modern fullback feel to him. But he left after one season at at um, at Ajax, right? We haven't seen him find his footing since. He can fill in all those gaps, but he needs somebody that believes in him. He needs somebody that... And that's why I worry about the biggest clubs where there's no room for air at Barcelona, right? Especially what they were going through and the dumpster fire that Barcelona has been. Maybe he gets a shot uh, again there and all you can do is is hope for the best and have yeah, can, open and honest conversations, sure. right? Because um, what yeah. we don't want to see is him buried into a, a reserve side somewhere um, just sitting there wasting time away. Um, you know, he needs to be an integral part of a squad, but he also ultimately has to create consistent performances, which when you're his age doesn't always uh, align, you know, and right. that's where you see these guys default down to smaller clubs where they can sort of make a name for themselves. Like an Anthony Robinson, make a name for yourself year over year. It's not going to work at Everton. Like how do you then become that consistent, reliable pro that you get a coach that goes, I trust you and you're going to have a few bad days, but I trust you to, to, to do right by me. So Sergio Desit Fulham is what you're saying. Is that? <laughs> yeah. No, no. I would let him go to Brighton, though. Go to Brighton. Uh, Brighton would know? be good. Roberto yeah. the Cherub. Yeah, go to like Palace. I'll let him go to Palace too. Like I don't know. They're they're much more physical than I think he he's up for. But like you know, they can play technically. Um, yeah. Uh, just a curious situation for Sergio Des in general. Bundesliga so, would be good for him. I think so. Yeah. There are a lot of opportunities, but I think there's something about a club. To your point, Heath. But it's gonna be a he, big club in the Bundesliga. Like yeah, that's yeah. My, my yeah. worry, I'm right? Top, like a, it, top, because, a top four. He needs to still have a high starting point because, you know, the Bundesliga is they like their rigidity and discipline and tactics that they're going to be like, you know, I, sure. I'll give you a quick little story on this. We had a coach when I was in the Bundesliga that would sit in the stands of our training facility. Like as a left back, he would be on the right hand side up in the stands about eight rows up on this. Like it's not even stands. It was like a hill. And we would do these things where he'd kick a ball anywhere. He'd have assistant kick a ball anywhere on the field and we'd have to react to where we should be tactically. And he would sit up there, and you, for those that are watching this visual, like visually, you can you can see what I'm doing. But audio, he would have his hand up, and he would just go like this to me from 50, 60 yards away, <laughs> like this. And I would have to move like a half step to the left or I to the right. That. And he was so far away, but he was measuring in his mind what ten to twelve yards or meters. That's called you know, mind separated. control. Yeah, it was brainwashing. I mean, yeah, he was brainwashed. I mean, he used to also send us to the forest when we lost, and we'd run. And you'd pass him every lap and you wouldn't say how many more laps you had. And then eventually you'd get to him and he'd just have his hand up as like a stop sign. <laughs> that meant we were done. 
Some days it was 15 minutes. Some days it was 45. That's you're running super laps. Bob Ganser. Oh, yeah. shout, out, shout Dude, out to Bob Ganser. It was, old school German. That's it was mental, the, mental warfare. Oh, yeah. It was the end of like the Felix Magath era where like he built a hill at Wolfsburg to like make them carry medicine balls when they lost up and down these hills. Like that sort of thing. But it was that that level of like, that's the extreme version. But they are sort of like, you know, some of the, 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 the uh, stereotypes of like, you know, the German engineering. Like there is a right way and a wrong way. Um, there isn't like a... Uh, open to discussion of like how <laughs> tactics should work. Yeah. The those team. coaches are done now. Yeah. Nowadays. I don't know that they, they gave us gagan pressing and that seemed to work for a while, but, but Chuck, <laughs> yeah. Chuck doesn't like gagan pressing. Anymore. No, that's right. it's old. Uh, it's yeah. over. It's done. All right. So let's talk a little about Leo Messi. Apparently uh, he's a pretty big deal and he's coming to Inter Miami and he's going to have a big press conference on this Sunday, right before the gold cup to announce uh, his arrival to the club. And the talk, Chuck, is that Jordi Alba, Sergio Busquets, and all of his buddies are going to come join the party at Inter Miami. I don't know if it's necessarily going to work, but damn, it's going to be fun to watch. Bring the circus, baby. Let's go. Cue the music. So there was a question posed by our friends at The Athletic, uh, Pablo Mara in particular, who said, do you think the referee should protect Leo Messi more than any other player that that?" you know, plays in MLS. Do you think there should be some type of protection? Personally, I just hope they've got security. I think this is going to be absolutely crazy. And I'm sure they've they've thought about it, but I don't want them to be naive. I think it's going to be out of control in, in a fun way, but I hope that not too serious. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad there's a lot of hype around him coming, but... Uh, oh, I, I got a question for both of you. Well, you answer so, my first one. <laughs> well, first, first, Messi's coming to MLS. Everyone knows how much this means to the league. Will he play, do you think, on turf fields? Does he play at Atlanta United? Does he play at Seattle or Portland? Does he play at New England at the Gillette Stadium? Do you think he's one of those guys that's like, no, nah, I'm not going to touch turf? Or do you think he plays wherever? He's down to he's just down to play. I don't know. I think Atlanta, maybe. Like yeah. if you I mean, I, 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 I gotta play I, at all. Like a like a cross gonna, country, a cross country flight and turf? <laughs> like, no. Yeah. I'm not gonna do that. Oh, they're flying private now anyway. He's chilling. Um, like I, I think, I think he plays. I think, I think there'll be some like you know, there'll be a couple. Uh, I, I think when he goes to Foxborough, there might be back some, some ma ma uh, time management uh, going on where it's like if they're gonna roll. I think he's gonna go play anywhere that they're gonna sell sixty thousand seats. You know, like and and if it's turf, if, uh, if Foxborough rolls it out and it's you know Messi's coming to town, absolutely. <laughs> I, uh, I heard I heard Messi wants Noel Bucks jersey to, they're gonna switch. So yeah, that's what I yeah. heard too. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're both going for the World Cup in 26. So it's like, you know, one of those like, you know, a little early, early, uh, early trades that will mean something. Okay, so it looks like that uh Messi's gonna play July 21st in their first game in the League's Cup against Cruz Azul. Uh not only that, Messi has already hit the sponsorship <laughs> circle, the little car wash. He's he's hawking a new chicken burger uh with hard rock. Cafe, the messy burger, a messy chicken sandwich, or whatever, and he's doing butt ads, and uh, you know, fair play to him. He's really cashing in. I, I, I respect it. Now, I just wonder what it's going to look like. Now, Miami are not very good, and they have to make some roster moves to accommodate things, and it gets a little bit complicated. And I wonder if MLS makes any adjustments to for the club, who've already been caught cheating before <laughs> with roster rules just allows them to to spend a little bit more so that they're competitive. Obviously, it's better for the league if Messi's on a competitive team. Uh, Chuck, I know you've been you've got your finger on the pulse with regard to this. Let's extrapolate how you think the rest of the season's going to go. Do you think Miami will be competitive? Do you think they'll get in the playoffs by the end of it? 
Or do you think this is more about, hey, let's just introduce Messi, get Tata Martino back, accustomed to the league, and then 2024 is where we're really going to take a swing at it. And also, is it like a sell period for your house now or or a hold to see what the values do being his neighbor? <laughs> a hold. It's, it's a hold? For sure okay. a hold. Yeah. yeah okay. I love that. Good. Miami are, I feel like, it's 11 points to get into a playoff spot. It seems a, it's going to be difficult. But you, if you have the, one of the best players in the, on the world in, in the world – on your squad and you're giving them some support. It's not impossible. It's highly unlikely. I don't see them getting into the playoffs this year. I see them making a run late, late in the season. Cause everything starts to click and Messi gets used to his teammates and, and they get used to him and how he likes the ball, but it's going to be too tough for, I think for them to make the playoffs just because they have a lot of holes. It's not just, you know, figuring out what they do in the midfield and, and, and attack defensively, it's just not strong enough. They they are good. And you're at you're adding a left back if you know Jordi Alba, but still you got center backs and and a goalkeeper that that you need to address. So I think it's it's gonna be tough for Miami to get into the playoffs this this year. Do you do you think do you see them getting into the playoffs? It's hard to say. It's, I mean, I'm curious to see what kind of moves impossible, they can make. That's not impossible. That's no. not impossible. What do you mean? We got we got Drake Calendar, guys. This is the next generation of our national team there right now. Okay, that's fine on the goalkeeper front, but but I just worry about how how are they going to get Messi the ball in good spots? He's notorious for walking around, but as we discussed, he draws so many people to him when he is walking around. It makes sense, but you still have to take advantage of that space when it's provided to you. And I just don't know if Inter-Miami is good enough consistently, consistently good enough to, to make that happen. I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. So uh, yeah, it's possible for sure. But I, I wonder what it's going to look like. And it's not a good look for him. Defensively, the they're, not, they're not good enough defensively. Well, that's what Jordi Alba's for. Cause he's known for playing good defense. <laughs> All right, let's get into our final thoughts. USL who have the championship USL league one and USL league two which is uh, the USL Championship is sanctioned as a second division in this country by U.S. Soccer and the Federation. They are apparently going to be voting very soon about having promotion relegation. Now, it's, from what I understand, not something they would implement right away. It's more just to get a temperature of all the owners about is this what we want to work towards here in the very near future. And there was a quote from, and I'm going to paraphrase, from one of the owners, USL owners that was anonymous, saying, at some point, MLS is going to wear us down and they're going to end up winning. We need to do something different to put us on the map and to to attract different types of fans that might be interested in more of a promotion relegation model than what MLS currently has. Again, paraphrasing, but that was the gist of what he said. What do we say to this? And, and what I think is interesting is, can USL Championship or USL, can they go back and try to sanction or get championship, their top division, to be a first division and actually compete head-to-head with MLS? I don't that, even know how that process works. I don't know either, but I think that if they really wanted to compete, and and get after it with MLS. That would be the way to do it. I just don't know if U.S. Soccer would give them that sanction, and how that all works. That yeah, there, there's a lot there, a lot of layers uh, to 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 unpack. We'll go. You know what? We'll throw it over to our business head over here, Heath Pierce, who seems to have his finger on the pulse <laughs> with this type of stuff. Go ahead, Heath. What's the question specifically? Can you repeat? <laughs> just promotion uh, relegation. Do you think? Do you think yeah. that is a good move from USL? That's first. Second. Do you think that it's possible for USL to reapply to try to get first division status because they're currently second division? 
Yeah, I don't think I, I mean they can they can apply and go to FIFA and launch all the lawsuits that I'm sure already exist across everything. I think that's a that's a tough that's a tough sell. Um, I do think I, I haven't read enough into the pro rel of within the league, but when you think about the league two, league one, league one to championship, I, I don't know how you sell that to any of your top division championship teams that have been cutting checks for the last however many years. Well, and, in theory, and, though, if they're cutting checks, they should have a competitive team that shouldn't even put them in that situation. We all know that's not how it works sometimes. Some teams have bad seasons, but. Oh, I I, I fully agree with that. Um, And in terms of the financial viabilities of it, I don't really know enough to know around USL to know the hierarchical structure. I just know that franchise fees at the at the championship level compared to like the summer league two level like vermont green are very mm -hmm. very different almost free you know to get yes, in. don't don't <laughs> um, you don't you don't you think the ultimate goal for usl is to get bought by mls to be acquired that's like their ultimate goal i don't know because mls is starting i think to it was I think well it they're was. circumventing yeah right now yeah. it feels like mls is like okay you buying usl is not going to be an option so and, and we're going to create our own development academy we're going to create mm -hmm. our own mls next pro league and we're gonna we're gonna create the, our own pipeline now. We're not gonna rely on these other these other clubs. We're gonna get out our, our second teams. We're gonna get them out of USL. We're gonna put them in MLS Next Pro. Well, USL was pushing them out or MLS Next. Or um, but remember, yeah. that's Bundes, Bundesliga and Liga have have their youth teams playing in professional leagues, mm -hmm. the regional ligas and mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. SEFA. Like those leagues have their academy teams, their top academy teams playing in those professional leagues. So that, that's st still applies. You can still acquire the, the USL and, and have your, your top youth teams playing in against professional teams. Yeah. I do think, I do think at a certain point it all, it only works if it's all swimming in the right direction in the same direction. I mean, mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's the hard part, right? MLS is going to get close to 40 teams and then you've got your own infrastructure to create, you know, regional divisions or or hierarchical divisions at a certain point i don't know same thing right if like you're willing to spend then you shouldn't be worried about whatever but you look at the bundesliga and you see the fact that like every team that's in the second bundesliga you recognize that name because in the last 10 years they probably spent a season or two in the first bundesliga right you just see that sort of thing um and it's it's not as it's not as fun as exciting um and exciting when your team goes through it than it is you know you know, Bridgie Cannon's comments about uh, relegation and every week being a, a, a big deal. That that part is true. But again, from a business standpoint, I, I haven't read up enough. I've only seen the kind of hype around like there being a vote coming and, and that sort of thing. Um, and so, but anytime there's a vote, I'm sure that vote's gone to MLS owners at a certain point. I'm sure opening up salary caps and voting is a unique thing. Democratic, uh, the democratic process of voting is really unique, especially when you talk about legacy owners who have been propping things up for so long. New well, ones coming to, in. They seem to have a weighted vote. The legacy owners have. Yeah, their vote, and, their vote counts by three oh, or four. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, versus new owners that are are ready to throw money at everything and and see it all come together. Um, and again, it's kind of like politics, where there is a horse trading of things that happens in any sort of voting process, right? Where if I'm a vote, if I'm a voter with multiple votes. Um, and I want other things like I want to get rid of my academy and just have my money spent on other things. Uh, that can be, you know, there's, there's just not like always just like we're voting on one thing. Nobody looks at it that way when they're, when they're rich and powerful. 
All right, I'm going to call it a show. I've got a flight to catch. I'm going to Blaine, Minnesota for the USA Cup, the biggest youth tournament in Ooh, North America. If that. you're going to be there, if you're going to be there, come say hi to me. I'm going to be there. On, I'm not going to be the ambassador, ambassador for Target. If you're not going to be there, then then just stop talking, Heath, because i got to end <laughs> the show. So on behalf of Producer Des, Producer Alex, Producer Lisa, Producer Nata, Charlie, and Heath, and myself, Conradino Cream Cheese Trash Can Conrad, also known as Jim. Thank you for listening and watching. It's we love y'all. We love you all. The trust fund forever. The best. And we will see you when we see you next. Because we thought we were going to have a Gold Cup final to talk about, but we don't. So, so good, luck. Good, luck to the, good luck to the two teams or whatever in the final. And we'll see you next week. Later. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.